Welcome to Learned Lag, a podcast about yesterday's Learned League questions and answers. I'm George. And I'm Amanda. George and I are both in Zephyr A. This is season 24 for me and season 28 for George. This is day 18 of season 96. The first question asks us for a 2003 comedy film that features an attempt to achieve the Christmas number one single ranking in the UK. Yeah, it notes that there. this is a plot point among many, um, and so I just tried to think of what would be a comedy around that era that would have some focus on music and just probably have a lot of, like, a cavalcade of plot points, you know, judging by the, uh, the many that are mentioned in the parenthetical. Um, and honestly, I, you know... 2003 is when my oldest kid was born, so I didn't get to see a lot of stuff, or if I did, the memory is not real solid <laughs> of it. But I thought, okay, you know, what's a movie that would focus around music um, and pre maybe be kind of screwball or zany based on being lots of plot points? Um, and my brain came up with Spice World. I thought, sure, that sounds like a fun you know, subplot that they were trying to get the, the number one Christmas single or something like that. I, if I've, I don't think I've seen the whole movie or anything. So I thought that sounded plausible enough. Uh, I think I might have seen this movie one time. Uh, I may have just seen a lot of gifts from it over the years. <laughs> uh, a lot of sketches based on it and the like. Mm -hmm, uh, mm -hmm. But the first thing that came to mind UK Christmas time-ish, a uh, lot of plot points, mm. was Love Actually. Yeah. And I had to kind of think, 2003, that sounds about right. Uh, let me see, I was, uh, I was in the U.S. at that point, so I might have actually seen it. Uh, I remember it had a bunch of people I liked in it, so I probably saw it. Uh, comedy, I don't know that I would necessarily call it that, because I feel mm. like it was more of a dramedy sort of not could be, could quite rom-com level, a little bit more uh, serious than that, or at least a little bit more sprawling. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, other than that, I couldn't really uh, push this out of my mind in favor of anything else. Just mm -hmm. all those things lined up for me to, to indicate love, actually. And that was the correct answer. Hmm. Well done. Question two asks for uh, a term for paintings uh, that are done outside and sort of more broadly uh, paintings that evoke the feeling of being outside and, uh, you know, just kind of celebratory of the outdoors, I would say. Yeah, I had no idea. Um, I tried to look at the other bonus clue was a feature of impressionism associated with monet and i thought mm -hmm. wasn't he the one who did all the flowers mm -hmm. uh, so mm -hmm. maybe floral um uh, just because it you know would describe paintings outside sure mm -hmm. they're kind of maybe more concentrated on flowers than those done inside and you know why not for for lack of anything <laughs> else i just went with floral okay so this one, I thought that this idea of uh, painting outside and 
kind of being out in the, um, uh, you know, out in the elements in a way, um, and kind of that allows you to sort of incorporate that feeling into your paintings, like the bright sunshine, the, you know, blue skies, whatever. Um, and, you know, thinking about that in conjunction with Monet, who, you know, has a lot of landscapes that are like that. They're kind of bright and refreshing and, um, you really can kind of feel like you're there. And I'd seen the term on plain air, um, associated with that kind of thing, I think. Um, so I, that was really the only term that came to mind that could kind of, uh, suggest this kind of evocative style of kind of like you can just feel the wind in your face, you know, as, as though you were there and get that sense of, of what the painter is trying to portray. Um, and it helps that this term has kind of a, a slightly unusual and slightly sticky, um, you know, spelling because it comes from the French. Um, and that I have generally seen it phrased as on as an E-N, plain, P-L-E-I-N, and then air, um, I think usually without the E. Mm. I, I don't know, you know, as far as French, whether it's typical to have that or not. Um, but I thought, yeah, I think that sounds like, I know that's an artistic, you know, um, descriptor and it sounds like it would fit in with impressionism and, and the style that Monet, um, tended to work in. And so I thought, okay, I'll, I'll go with on plain air. And that was correct. Yeah. Well done. Thank you. I feel like I might've heard of this, but. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it's a common, well, I will say I had to like, uh, brush away the idea of al fresco, mm, yeah. which I would suspect will be the most common wrong answer yeah. here, uh, mostly because that's Italian, <laughs> I think. Question three asks us for the first and middle names of the vice president of the Confederate States of America that was also the name of an American founding father. Yeah, this one just never landed for me. Um, I don't remember... Um, a lot of these, you know, just sort of name and date facts from American history. Um, and particularly, why should I be asked to remember the traitors? Um, <laughs> but I, uh, you know, just kind of cycled through a bunch of different founding fathers' names and thought, you know, it, could it be George Washington? I don't know, maybe. Thomas Jefferson? It could be. Why not? Um, Alexander Hamilton, Ben Franklin... James Madison, John Jay, like I, I went through the entire cast of Hamilton and as far <laughs> beyond it as I could. Um, and finally I, you know, based very tenuously on the somewhat incongruously, uh, descriptor there, I thought, well, that kind of means like there'd be reasons you'd expect it and reasons you wouldn't. Um, and so I thought, well, maybe it's Thomas Jefferson. Like he was one of the the writers of the constitution, which is what they were trying to get themselves out of. Um, and so I thought, yeah, Thomas Jefferson sounds like a name, certainly that I've heard associated with the South, you know, like Jeff Jefferson Davis, of mm -hmm. course. Um, and I just thought, eh, I, sure. Why not go with that? Cause I just don't know who this jackass is. Reasonable. Uh, I've, 
studied the period. Mm-hmm. So I knew this was Alexander Hamilton Stevens. Mm. Uh, he, probably much of the reason that you didn't learn about him is he is a great embarrassment to the lost cause, <laughs> noble South uh, historical revisionists. Because one of the speeches he gave, known as the Cornerstone Speech, explicitly said that the reason the Confederate States seceded was because of slavery. Yeah. Because... Black people are obviously scientifically proven to be inferior to the white race. Mm. And therefore, uh, the white race was actually doing a good thing by subjugating them and, you know, bringing them to Christianity and bringing them civilization, et cetera, et cetera. Um, And yeah, Uh, so I almost filled this out. uh, with we don't need to remember this particular asshole. I hope he's burning in hell. Mm-hmm. But given how badly I did the rest of the day, I need the points. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah. So it's Alexander Hamilton is the answer. And mm-hmm. I do hope he's burning in hell. And that that is the correct answer, um, as well as the burning in hell part. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, the funny thing is, you know, calling him an embarrassment to the lost cause, A is sort of like calling Coles an embarrassment to Newcastle. (laughs) But B, so many of them made such obvious, you know, and explicit speeches about that. Mm -hmm. So, Mm -hmm. um, you know, if if his stood out among those, that's Mm -hmm. really saying something. And he also tried to launder his reputation after the war. Well, sure. And saying like, oh, no, it was all about uh, constitutional issues and, you know, form of government and blah, 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 blah. And people were like, uh... So this signed version of what is known as the cornerstone <laughs> speech by you was was not the what you actually meant. So yeah, mm. uh, yeah. Anyway, question four. Yeah, F that guy. Uh, question four um, asks us about a style of unaccompanied vocal chamber music um, that w- kind of arose around uh, the beginning of the seventeenth century. Um, and well, excuse me, originated in Italy in the 14th century, um, but it gives us contributors to it from the early, uh, late 16th, early 17th century, and asks for its name, which comes from Latin for in the mother tongue. Yeah, no idea. So mm-hmm. all I could do was think, well, Latin for mother tongue, something like linga mater. Mm. Why not? We'll go with that. Yeah, this one, um, I certainly focused on that definition because I, if I have heard of any of these composers, I'd be a little surprised. Um, perhaps Bird, but that's just sort of a familiar English name. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I can't, you know, really claim that either. Um, and so I thought about the mother tongue. Well, like mother is like madre is like, is that like madrigal? I guess that would make sense mm. that it was, you know, because I was like, I think that's an, an acapella kind of uh, vocal music. And incidentally, I was thinking, is, is this acapella? But I, I didn't think that was sort of specific enough to this uh, particular era. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, I did think that or madrigal, I suppose, is how it's more usually pronounced in English. Um fit in with the mother part of the mother tongue and the, I don't know if how the gal kind of fits in there. Um, 
that seems almost backwards. Like, you know, I think of lingua or, Mm -hmm. or that kind of thing as, as being the more Latin tongue, uh, uh, type of word. But, uh, I thought it was, you know, close enough for this purpose. I knew it had to do with music and singing. Um, and so I put down madrigal. And that was the correct answer. Well done. I, I feel like anything before classical music basically should just be a, a thing that always existed and, <laughs> you know, didn't like, you know, oh, it originated in the 14th century and here are contributors to it. And like, no, they're all just songs that have always existed. They're all just folk songs. Mm-hmm. Everything from before Beethoven is just a folk song <laughs> that always existed and we don't know who, uh, who invented it. That's, it's, it's ridiculous. Understandable. Yeah, well. Question five asks us for the name of a sauce that comes with mushu pork, Peking duck, and pho. Yeah, so this one uh, was definitely the one most solidly that I knew that I knew. And so I had to kind of like let my brain get there. And it it took a little kind of letting it, you know, kind of jiggle loose there in the old brain cells um, because I, you know, it... Um, the question of itself, of course, rules out sriracha and fish sauce. Um, and, you know, when I see duck, I always go to those little packets of plum sauce mm-hmm. with the duck on them that you get with, you know, Americanized Chinese food. Um, so I had to kind of shove all those aside and also think to myself, well, it's not just asking for soy sauce because soy is right in the name here. Um and I feel like if it was oyster sauce, it would actually mention oysters or allude to them in some way. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I'm like, there's another one. There's another one that I know is, gets used in Chinese cooking all the time. Like, and it's going to come to me and I kind of just have to let it, you know, like if I try to look at it, it'll startle it and it'll run away. Um, and so uh, a little, a few minutes of that kind of jiggery pokery and I... Um, finally popped in like oh it's hoisan sauce um with the it's it's another it, it's easy to mix these things up because it's a dark brown kind of thickish sauce like oyster sauce or you know thicker than soy sauce but in the same kind of vein um and so once that came to mind i was like that is my best guess if it's something else, then it's something I, that's, you know, much rarer in my experience. And I thought, you know, if it goes with mushu pork and Peking duck, which is, you know, found in American Chinese food pretty frequently, um, then probably it's this thing that I did in fact hear of. So I put down hoisan. That was correct. Just about know, not bothering. I didn't know any of this. <laughs> I I tried thinking of anything, and yeah, I thought of plum sauce. Well, no, that's plum. And finally, I just punted and went with soy sauce because mm. why not? It yeah. says it in the in the thing, but that's what you make soy sauce out of. So yeah, it's, it's soybeans. So sure, mm-hmm. why not? Yeah, and like you said, hoisan was the correct answer. But I'm almost like it's almost on the edge of. That would like soy sauce would be a correct answer because you probably would be served that with these things, mm-hmm. but just not particularly these things, I mm. guess. So I, um, yeah. I, I think that's a very reasonable one to try. 
finally, question six asks us who founded YSL Records in 2016 and released his solo studio debut, So Much Fun, in 2019? Uh, so I have no idea. <laughs> um, I kind of tried to look at the, the name YSL and think, okay, mm. so that's probably a hint to it. But it's also Yves Saint Laurent, so it might just kind yeah. of be this is a generically luxury name that we're using. Yeah. Um, but I, I tried thinking, okay, well, rappers who start with Y, well, there's, there's various young versions, young yeah. rappers, young thug, young Jeezy, young, young, young. Mm-hmm. I don't know any of them well enough to to know this. Um, you know, it's not any of the the big sort of previous generation ones. It's not going to be Jay Z. It's not going to be Kanye. Right, right. I try to think what who's a newer rapper that I know about, and all I could think of is Childish Gambino. Mm. And I know that the dates don't really line up with his debuts and such. But then yeah. I thought, well, solo studio debut sounds just kind of off enough that maybe the the ones i know about were different somehow like maybe because internet was <laughs> something else mm. it was not his solo studio debut right uh, and you know just because i can't think of anyone else um you know that makes any more sense than that one so i'll just say childish gambino yeah this one is i i felt much the same way about this one um, like my best resource for uh, answering questions about this vein of modern rap music is Saturday Night Live. Mm-hmm. And so I tried to flip back through the different artists we might have seen on there. And I was like, you know, could it be ASAP Rocky? You no, know, I think he's been around longer. I don't know that he's like would have transitioned from a group to a solo artist um i know it's not bad bunny because he's not based in atlanta he's puerto rican um like i i limited i feel like a, a number of possibilities i um i kind of thought is this like a label founded by uh one of the guys in migos because mm. it specifically mentioning solo studio debut right. um i thought you know maybe that alluded to having been in a band or in a group, I should say, I guess, um, prior to then. But I couldn't pull the names to mind of, of those guys. I know there'd been a question about Offset, but that was about it. And I didn't think that was, that didn't sound quite right either. So I thought about, um, you know, like, uh, I think I might have thought of Young Thug, but I didn't, I kind of discounted it I did. Um, and... I know I knew there were for some reason the young part though I thought sounded maybe that's part of where the YSL comes from and I thought well there's those two rappers like there's little baby and there's da baby mm. and I thought da baby sounds like maybe that's the right timeline like especially of us seeing uh, him on SNL in this period of time mm-hmm. and you know maybe he'd been with a group before that or that like that felt like about the right time that he might have um, founded a label and then put out his own first album. So I went, I went with DaBaby. It was Young Thug. Ah well. I don't know why. <laughs> I, I I guess that was just one of the only uh, Y rappers that I know mm. that I, that I remembered mm-hmm. at least. Oh yeah. But, I don't know. I 
even though it came into my mind, I was never going to get this question. <laughs> so I don't mind too much. So I ended up with two on the day again. Yeah, I had three, um, which I don't love, um, especially missing an American history one because <laughs> people probably know to rate me down for that one. Um, but an art question, I'm glad of that. Um, a classical music question, I guess. And I'll get a zero on the food and drink, I expect. But, um, you know, it's, I don't know. It could always be worse, but I, I I never like it when my performance, especially when I'm up in A-Rundle, is inconsistent. I, I wish I could be a little more steady uh, on those things. But, but you know, here we are. Mm. It's It's been kind of a muddled week, I feel like in the household so yeah. um maybe just give the brain a rest and <laughs> come back to it refreshed on monday let's hope we can but hope well that's it for today and this week join tune us in on tuesday for more post-game analysis and remember don't forfeit don't cheat <laughs>